Welcome everybody to the A Show, episode 303. I feel like there's a good number for 303 somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, I am Mills. Well, we have a very special guest, someone who's on the ground floor, someone who was, I guess, part of the entire situation at all. We have none other than the aggregate, <laughs> the <laughs> aggregate himself, Armand Sadler. Um you can listen to on rewriter's room you can listen to stay busy with armand sadler you can see all his articles online or you can just watch all the tweets that show up where he's being quoted for drew mcintyre you're pretty much drew mcintyre's source of information for the week <laughs> yeah there's no no other person i would rather be a source of information for. my god <laughs> the scottish warrior Listen, man, you have been, I want to applaud you, first of all, just publicly as we get on this thing. I want to applaud you because you have been working your ass off. You have been, I mean, when you talk about putting in the work, when you talk about putting in the time and just like years, I remember years ago, you texting and you're just like, you know, I haven't really found anything yet and it's and it's tough out there. And then you do finally find the situation and you're taking advantage of the entire situation, like to a T, where you're including things you're passionate about, but you're also doing your amazing writing that you do. It's it's incredible, man. Like I I really do want to applaud you for like the things that you've done and the things that you're doing currently. Thank you, man. It's crazy. Like every time I come on the the A show, it's it's like things like my my third time doing like a non WrestleMania episode. Like I just feel like it's always a checkpoint for something in my life. And uh, yeah, as as you know, the last couple of weeks months have been crazy for me, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm trying to really prioritize myself and my t- ability to sleep uh, adequately and work out. But I'm I'm really loving everything I've been able to do, especially this past weekend. So I appreciate the recognition, especially coming from you. And um, yeah, man, it's uh, shit's great right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great life. Listen, um, you have been jet setting for quite some time between rolling. I was rolling loud, by the way. How was that? <sighs> rolling loud, man. So festivals, I'm kind of at the point where like, I don't really be pressed to go. But when they offer you all expenses paid, like <laughs> how how can you turn that down? My answer to cover is, to cover it. It's not like yeah. you're expensive paid. Like you're the influencer who's just like, even though that would be tight too. I think that would probably be a better situation. You're just an that influencer. Yeah. yeah, but you're you're covering it. You're doing your job. Yeah, yeah, and so like you know you the festival tickets covered but then they put you in this nice ass hotel where victor cruz and stefan diggs and Dre are just chilling by the pool near you and giving you wing stop gift cards and just regular gift cards and uber vouchers like it was i i really felt like they was treating me like i was somebody important um the festival itself was cool you know it was great to see like central c and mm. yadi and mm. Don Tolliver offset set was amazing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always down for a live show. The concept of festivals themselves are very tiring and, you know, you want to see everyone, but then people you like are going on at the same time. So there's a lot of people that I missed, but, you know, I was able to see enough to put together a cool best moments list for vibe, which you all can read by magazine.com search my name, Armand Sadler. Um, and, um, yeah, overall it was cool. Like I, I love Miami especially too. So I'm never mad at, you know, spending time out there. Well, listen, you travel from essentially Miami. I mean, you you landed in New York, went to 
you went to the Beyonce. First of all, how is that? I'm, I'm living through you vicariously because I'm too poor to do any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is rough for me, and but I'm living vicariously with you. How is Beyonce? Beyonce is it's it's an experience that any music lover, any R and B pop lover, any Beyonce fan like you you need to have that. I saw her a couple, uh, five years ago when her and Ho- uh, Hove were on tour for On the Run too, so I kind of knew going into it. But Renaissance, mm-hmm. you know, like that new album has really made moves throughout the world and i really love that album so seeing all those new songs and the attention to detail with stage design the choreography the vocals the those those little nuances like she snuck in little uzis just want to rock and all these snippets of other songs like when, when you really appreciate the music and the, the effort that goes into it it just makes it a great experience and then sitting damn near damn near by the stage was also pretty cool too um, no that's 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 wealth that's, yeah, nah. It was, <laughs> it was it was a it was an anniversary gift for for me and my girl six years. So I was like, you know, she loved Beyonce. Let me let me get her close to the stage, and um, it was worth it. She had a good time. I had a really good time. I think of all the shows I've been to, which is a lot, Beyonce would easily be a, a top five. Both both times I've seen her, it's top five. Hmm. All right. Well, she still got some more dates. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be able to make any of them. Like she's 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 passed through my town already. The the mm-hmm. the. The hurricane of Beyonce has passed, yeah. um, so not sure I'll be able to make that one. But then, 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 of course, you had a couple days rest, barely. Um, barely. I'm sure you did some other stuff during the day. You and Manny have been going on. <laughs> yeah, Shout Drake, Roy Woods. We, I've, I've, I've seen Manny more than I've seen my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's not shout out to Manny, um, who listens. Um, now we're heading to Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's SummerSlam. You're press. You're yeah. officially, like, officially press. Yeah. And you've done all these great interviews with WWE superstars over the last number of months. And now you're finally kind of getting to experience the press life of WWE. So I ask you this question, like, what is it like, considering I'll never know if we're doing, <laughs> at least doing this podcast? I don't know. Man, well, first, you you guys belong there. Like, I, I don't want to talk down on anyone, but some of the people who were there, it, it, it made me frustrated. Like, yo, the A-show belongs here. J5 and Meals would kill this press junket. You guys would right. show the press conferences, all that stuff. Like it's absolutely the element that you should be in. Um, and so I, I, I just want to say that and put that into the air for rather, whether it's WrestleMania or whatever PLE, like the, the A show needs to be in the building. Um, as far as my experience, that was my first SummerSlam. It's only my, the second PLE I've been to. So just the excitement as a fan going to SummerSlam live was already a lot. And then, um, you know, WWE covering my hotel. So very thankful to, to Greg and WWE for looking out and treating me as well as they do. Um, but getting there and kind of realizing like, oh, shit, I'm staying in the same hotel as all of the talent. Like running into Charlotte at the elevator, walking by, walking by Giovanni Vinci in the bathroom, you know, dapping up mm-hmm. as we're walking by each other. Like it was that, that was really the craziest part. Like I got there Thursday night super late and like the bar was booming. I went upstairs in my room because I wanted to do some work for Vibe so I could just go to the press junket in the morning. But like Imperium was in that bar the entire weekend. Like they were the bar. And <laughs> they were they were deep in that. That's bar. fire. That's <laughs> fucking fire. <laughs> that's fire. I love yeah. that. I love to hear that. Yeah. Um, no, that's cool, man. And of course, you're the MVP as well because you're going to be there. Right? <laughs> you're if you knew they were there the entire weekend, you were there the entire weekend. Absolutely, man. That that, that bar was great. <laughs> I got really cool with the bartenders that they showed us a lot of love. 
Um, but the concept of like the work itself was really cool too. The Friday morning was the press junket. They had Ricochet, Finn Balor, Gunther, Chad Gable, Otis, Maxine, Zoe Stark, Shayna Baszler there. I got to talk to five of the talent. Finn Balor's line was super long. Uh, for obvious reasons, he had a world title match and he's Finn Balor. Gunther's line was long, but I waited to talk to him. Um, but honestly, like one of the one of the most interesting conversations I had was with uh, Baron Corbin. Um, mm. he, had a, he had a really interesting perspective on going down to NXT and giving the fans a, a break from him and, and his villainous character because he's only been a heel um, his entire time. And he wants to have a program with Dragunov. And so it was really cool talking to him, talking to Chad Gable and Otis and giving them their flowers for being raw staples that they were they were they, they popped when they heard that they were like yo honestly like we we've been workhorses and you know it's cool to get that recognition and then maxine was super nice too um and then guther was funny i told guther i could pin him in three minutes and he pretty much laughed at me um, i as anyone <laughs> would i don't even know why you would say that and then you also had people also in the chat that say like maybe I, how long would it take for me i'm like no nobody uh, yeah. at this point like not even no one that was a nuts conversation. Like I, I, I almost asked him to chop me, but then I was like, you know what? Let me not be one of these people nah. trying try to get themselves over. Like I don't, I don't need that. You don't want to be that kind of press. Your vibe, You're, you know, it's a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to be the vibe guy who got chopped by the. Th- everyone's gonna be like, you know what? Maybe not the best look, but you know what? I feel like there's a time and a place for everything, and I feel like Absolutely. your Gunther chop will happen at some point or another yeah. in life. And um, I, that was, and speaking of vibe, that was honestly the best thing. Is like when I introduced myself to people and I told them Vibe Magazine. You know, people know our, our legacy, but they're like, "Yo, Vibe covers wrestling," and it's cool that you know when I came in, I told my bosses like, "I really." really think we should do more of this. So one of my coworkers interviewed Big E last year, but mm-hmm. that that was really the extent of it. And I'm like, nah, like this is something that's huge in pop culture, the Bad Bunny inclusion, like, uh, you know, the, the the prominence of black wrestlers, like this is something that we need to do. And so to see where I've been able to take it in, in 10 months and to get that recognition from, you know, other people who are there who work at wrestling, prim- primarily wrestling publications, it's like, cool, like, I'm really somewhere, I feel like I belong, I'm doing great things for this magazine, and kind of helping us not just, you know, rely on our legacy, but also being tapped in with what's popping right now. Right. This is amazing. Well, I mean, SummerSlam, we're going to talk plenty about SummerSlam, because we got yeah. some SummerSlam topics on this show. We're going to talk about all of that. Um you did amazing. Of course, we're all cheering for you as you're in the presser thing. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going front, man. I was I was disappointed. Like I I walked back to my hotel after that. I was like, bro, I was so prepared. Like and just to kind of the mic being given to people around me, but not me, was like I think uh, everyone in your row got it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Literally everyone. I was like, damn, bro. I was like, come on, Byron, brother right here. Come on. But no, I mean, it'll come with time, man. Absolutely. I feel like, and this is why I continue to give you your props throughout this entire thing. Like, you're ready for the moment. Like, you're doing the work. Even if the moment isn't right now, when the moment does come, you'll be ready for it. And I believe it will make a certain statement, but you actually do it. Um, Absolutely. Cody will know you on a first name basis. He's like, oh yeah, my guy Armand and Vibe. You know the cap that he does. Of course, yeah. listen. I've been reading Vibe for at least twenty years. Like I can go back to the TLC issue back in the day where they talked about the fire. Like he's going to give that kind of cap, and uh, and, and you will be there nodding along, <laughs> dabbing him up, and all the other stuff like that. But um, 
we're gonna get back to your excursion in Detroit sure. soon enough. But we gotta talk about the things that happened this week. Um, I want to see how I want to format this because it's definitely news, but there's definitely questions involved with all of this thing as well. Because mm. there's a lot that happened this week. I'm not sure if you were able to keep up with everything that happened this week based on how busy your life is this week. And I hope you get the chill, to be honest with you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, but last bit of news. Well, the first bit of news I want to talk about was the news actually came out the day that this, yo, there's something about Wednesdays and the A show. Like we used to record on Wednesdays. That's the mm-hmm. funny thing. We used to record on Wednesdays because SmackDown used to be on Tuesdays. So we'd like, yep. okay, we record on Wednesday, drop on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since SmackDown went to Friday, we were like, oh, we could bump it up to Tuesday. So then we could just record on Tuesday. And now every bit of fucking news comes out on Wednesday. It's like, and you know what? Sure, AEW Dynamite. I get it. Fine. But I feel like it's more than that. At this point, I feel like it's kind of personal. But last week, it was officially announced that the Elite have re-signed to AEW. Um, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Page, they're back in the fold. They're down for another, I don't even know if they said how many years the actual contract is. Um but they're down for the cause, and they will be remaining in AEW. They said things like, "Oh, you know, we're, we put the elite in all elite wrestling," and I'm like, "Yeah, kind of, yeah. I guess it was named after you guys." Um, so I want to ask you the question. I want to ask you two questions. One, do you feel like this is the right decision for this group? And then two, how big of a disaster would it have been? If they actually left AEW. On a human level, in terms of wanting to spend time with your families and make We're, all, we're only human. We're human. only we're, human. True, true. <laughs> I understand why they made the decision that they made. Um, Cody even spoke about it in the press conference. Someone asked him and he was like, you know, I would love I would have loved to work with them again, but I'm over the moon that they got paid. You know, they, mm-hmm. we put we put our bodies through a lot. And I was like, you know what? That, that's that's a really good take to have. Cody, you know, the president, he's always going to have the, the political answer. Of course. Um, and I, I feel him, you know, like in terms of. Listen, the red, blue, the red, blue, the red or the blue C4. I saw the video. I was like, listen, man, this is, you got to cut it out. The red one was good. We we, we tried it at the, at the low 2K activation. The red one was pretty good. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not going front to you. Um, but as far as the elite go, I, I get it. I would have liked to see what they could have done in WWE. Obviously, they would have been presented incredibly based on what we've seen with Cody and what, what they do with their own talent. Um, so I get it. I obviously, you know, there's the whole running from the grind thing, which is, which like you can't not, you know, point that out, especially if you're someone who has seen several other wrestlers run from the grind that you knew could have done big things. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of, you know, making the most money, spending the most time with their families, like I, I get it. I I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a fan of any of them, but like, I definitely would have liked to see them come over. Um, and to answer your second question, had they had they come over, I don't know what AEW would have done right now. Like they 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 already struggle to build stars as is, and they have the elite to fall back on with everything. And mm-hmm. so losing that, who and they're the dynamite guys. You know that they don't really come to collision. Um, so losing that dynamite would have been in hell 
um, CM Punk, it would have really truly become CM Punk's company. Um, he, he probably would have showed up on Dynamite the very next week and been like, yeah, like now I run this too. Um, and it honestly would have been funny as hell. Um, but I'm, I'm sure Tony Khan is like very, very happy. Um, because I think everyone in that company, based on what we've seen with the women and in general, looking at what Cody is doing, how do you not look at that and be like, damn, bro, like mm. <laughs> the, the grass is greener on the other side? I mean, I feel like, all right, so my situation and kind of like my questions about these things, is this the right decision for the group? I feel like if I were them in this situation, it really kind of depends on where they kind of like how their how their footing is and their footing in AEW is high it just is what it is they're the EVPs they're at the top of the card they're making the most money and making the most money to work one day a week even though there's about you know there's two days a week of shows and then the third day possibly if you have a pay-per-view it's pretty sweet and they're making millions of dollars they're making top dollar in AEW so i get it like i get staying because I can't. I can't even front in that situation. You know, there was a there was um there was a TikTok because it was a it was Gilbert Arena's show, and they were debating: Would you rather take the ring or would you rather take the money? Yeah. Um, like, would you rather have a chance to be immortalized in a, as an NBA champion or would you rather have a max contract? And I feel like that's kind of like this situation. Not to say that like you get in the ring, but if you they go to WWE, they're may I don't know about Adam Page. There's only so much you can do with a cowboy. I mean, it is what it is. I've seen cowboys come through WWE. I haven't seen anyone that's been super successful. But yeah. sorry, I think with Yang. Yeah, sorry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but I do think with the Bucks and I do think with Kenny Omega, I do think that there was an opportunity. It's like, okay, you're going to get the ring. Like, this is, you'll have the opportunity. It'll kind of be like Cody is, but probably not as, because Cody know how to move. So it's a little yeah. bit different with Cody. Um, but you're definitely going to have the opportunity to be one of the biggest stars ever. So I definitely, it's the ring, but they took the max contract. And to be honest with you, I'm not mad at them because it's, it's money for doing the lease. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Now how, now if they did go to WWE, first of all, AEW would have to, and this is kind of like the problem that they have, right? They would have to kind of be able to, they would have to immediately say, like, okay, we got to establish. We got to get some guys. And we're probably going to have to double down on Punk, who's older than everybody in the elite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you're way, now you're asking a lot from this incredibly, I don't want to say incredibly old. Incredibly old is wild disrespectful, but he's definitely older. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking a lot from him in terms of his star power. You're asking a lot from MJF. And then you have kind of have no other stars to kind of, like, build it around. Um, so I think it would be, it would have been a major disaster, especially with how they did Cody, like yep. seeing Cody from AEW to WWE and seeing the star that Cody is we, weeks after him having his own documentary that is like apparently one of the biggest documentaries of 2023 for WWE um, and seeing him have that and seeing him sip off C4 and seeing him main event WrestleMania off rip. Um, seeing him have that kind of star, it's like, I'm sure there was definitely like, I feel like I could do that. Mm-hmm. But 
I, th- I honestly think the I don't know about it for the Bucks. The Bucks have their share of injuries, but I really do feel like with Kenny Omega, this kind of probably is it. Like this was the opportunity. Justin and I talked about this in 2019, kind of like, do you, does he go now and he solidify his career, or does he go with AEW and immediately is your the company is established kind of around you? Mm-hmm. And he chose AEW at the time, but we all knew the contract would come up. But I mean, this second contract, they're only giving out four or five year deals at this point. So I would imagine there's no chance he gets into eight WWE and it's kind of like anything really positioned around him. Um, I can't imagine it. I think he's, he's going to be an AEW lifer at this point. Um, and to be honest with you, with Kenny Omega, with the Bucks, if you're going to stay another four or five years in AEW, that comes with a lot of, to me, one thing I'm demanding from them, or at least hoping them, is kind of like reinvention. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how much you can kind of like trot out the same thing over and over again. And we're seeing kind of like at the end of SummerSlam and kind of seeing how that kind of like shaken out. Um, they're going to have to switch some things up, but listen... Um, the elite AEW is they still elite. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that kind of dropped. Well, I'm trying to. It's this big situation. It's also AEW related. I'm trying to see if I want to save that for now or later. Um, actually, you know what? We'll get back to that. Biggie gives a status on his health. You were there, right? I was, yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> you were there. Um, practically broke the news yourself. Um, Biggie gives a status on his health, examined his future. Doctors have told him it's not an A show without someone beeping in the background. Doctors have told him not to wrestle again. He's not sure his decision. He says he wants to live a long life. How did Big E kind of like look? And do you feel like, would you be okay with Big E retiring from the WWE ring? He definitely looks like it's something that he's been thinking about, something that he may even be conflicted about. Um, And I I get it. I mean, it was a very serious injury. He's definitely not a super young guy. Um, He's accomplished a lot. I think I... It's it's tough, man, because I, I really enjoy Big E. I selfishly, as a fan, of course, I would love to see him come back. I've in, imagined what that return pop would be like. I've imagined him having another world title reign or even being the guy to beat Gunther. Um, but, you know, just being an older fan, being aware of, you know, what these people deal with, like, I, I, I think that. I think that I would be okay with it and I would have to be okay with it if that's a decision that that he's made. Um mm-hmm. Because, you know, your health isn't something that you, you can play around with. You no, know, you want to be able to move around and spend time with your family and not be, you know, confined to a wheelchair or whatever the case may be if something serious were to happen. So, um, you know, it's definitely tough. I, I really felt like while he's been successful, these last couple of years have really been like his big breakthrough as a singles guy. And I I could have seen so I, I've I've envisioned so much more for him. Um, and it's just tough that, you know, if this is really the end, like it ended the way that it did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's something that I would have to be OK with. But, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be a really tough adjustment. And then I think about Kofi and Xavier as well. Like we've seen without him there, like they've kind mm-hmm. of just, just been floating. 
um, and they've dealt with their own injuries too. So just thinking about how tough it will be for them and where, where New Day would be positioned. And they've also done it all already as well. Um, the only thing yeah. people people really want is, a, is an Xavier singles title run. Um, right. So, yeah, it's, it's just – it's tough all around. I think it's 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 definitely like I kind of do want to selfishly see him back in the ring. But I also feel like he's definitely I feel like the year of normalcy that he's had, he's kind of experienced like okay, I'm not a wrestler, so what kind of like am I? And that's always the thing with wrestlers. It's like what am I outside of the ring? Like who am I? Yeah. Because you spent all your years trying to make it to this point. You spent all your life maintaining to continue to succeed at this point. And then when it's all over, you kind of had to figure out like where you're kind of at, who you kind of are in this situation and what you really want to do with your life. And I think that's the crossroads that Big E's at. And I think it's a crossroads that a lot of wrestlers eventually experience and he's experiencing right now. I will say this, um, just judging, you know, my favorite wrestler had to retire because of a neck injury and then he came back. Um, and then apparently Paige did it as well. Um, <laughs> but allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but I think he's someone who's like my entire life isn't defined by wrestling and he's done everything that he can. And he succeeded at the highest level. And he may say like, you know what? Maybe there's a bigger purpose for me than in the ring. So I could definitely see big E not coming back um, to things. Uh so we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, we have a we have a guest here. Is this a guest on the A show? Do we have one here? No, it's not a guest. No. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Hey, man. Hey. How are you? Ada <laughs> acai bowl. I'm feeling good. Mm, I do love what, a good acai bowl. What flavor? Do you mind me asking? It was an island bowl. Mm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Coconuts, coconuts, and pineapples. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. All right. So that seems islandy. Um, we just finished wrapping up talking about the elite. We just finished wrapping up talking about Big E. Do you kind of have any thoughts on those two topics before we transition to the big, um, female elephant in the damn? Nah, female elephant is kind of crazy now. Now that I said that, I want to transition to the <laughs> the big topic in the room. Um, do you have any thoughts on those two things, uh, J5? Uh, I feel the Elite did what was safest for them. Um, I wouldn't expect them to come to the WWE at this point. I think it's pretty much a, a dead proposition for them. I, I, I just don't see it anymore. Not like I used to. Um, as far as Big E, I saw a lot of people getting mad about the commentary thing like, what what does he have left to give if he can't wrestle? Like if if they want to put him in commentary, ain't nothing wrong with that. So yeah, I could see that, or I could see him in a Titus type role, um, being just a global ambassador. Like he's kind of been doing that. He's been active a lot this year, like while not in ring, just going to events, you know, spending time with the kids, talking to people, and I think that's perfect for him. So I think once fans get beyond their selfish desires, like you can kind of see, like you know, he's he's still doing his thing and he's still associated with the company. Yo, have you met Titus? Like, how was Ty? How w- did you see Titus through the entire thing? I spoke with Titus. Uh, we took a picture together. I, I, I actually in the press conference, everyone kind of 
was asking him questions and I, my, my question was the final one, him being a brother of Omega sci-fi and there being a brother of Omega sci-fi who was at the tryouts. I was like, yo, you know, obviously you've been a proud brother. You've, you've, you know, you've shown it in the ring doing your taunt and there were guys at the tryouts. Like, how are you going to feel when a brother of Alpha Phi Alpha comes in and wipes the floor with all of you? And he was like, oh, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, I do love seeing the divine nine presence in WWE and I would love to be a resource with everyone. So he, he kind of flipped it into a positive thing, but I just want okay. to poke fun at him. But yeah, he was he was super nice, super cool. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Listen, it could be anything. I could see Biggie in that role too. I think he mm-hmm. does a lot um for the community. And I think he ha- he's he's very like he's someone who's educated. You kind of want them speaking on behalf. You kind of want them him being the person who kind of represents your company in that kind of aspect. So I could see it in kind of all he's talented no matter what he does. Like he's got yep. the gift of gap. He he'll figure it out. Absolutely. Um Let's head to the, 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 the topic in the room, the big, big topic in the room. And that is the AEW women's division, because it has been a, a couple of weeks of questioning, of questionable things. So I, I don't want to say like nothing has been able to be questioned, definitely questionable things. And um, just a lot of divisive conversations surrounding the AEW women division. I kind of want to get everyone's uh, POV on this kind of thing. Last week, um, an independent wrestler named Lufisto. Um, actually, I don't know if it's Lufisto. It's Lufisto. Okay, cool. Because I was like, wait, she's French-Canadian. Is it something else? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, But Lufisto came out. Uh, she made a tweet kind of like about you know, AEW and kind of like her experience, then had an interview with Fightful um, to kind of expound on that. And she gave quite a lengthy interview. She gave, I will say all that she gave because I feel like the general consensus and especially with the way the AEW locker room is treating it, like she's some internet jobber who just kind of like has no idea what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> um, I do I find, will it, say- I find it weird that Fightful did the interview with her and not Swole. Mm. Mm. Talk about hmm. it. We will talk about that. <laughs> but it's definitely it's definitely worth talking about. Um, but I do feel like she's recanting her experience with this entire thing. And then also, I mean, there was I feel like um just to kind of talk about the swole thing, I feel like swole I I low-key feel like she doesn't really want to talk about it, and especially in the way that Lufisto talked about it. But she did, when she did a she did a podcast when we found out about those comments. She, right, right. She did that thing, but I also feel like she didn't. I feel like she always prefaced it by saying like AEW. You know, I had a great experience there and great experience working with Tony Khan. Da, 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 all the, even though he shitted on her on in a tweet, and the tweet is still mm-hmm. fucking up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the worst part about it. But kind of like going to the Lufisto thing. She talked quite candidly about it. It was about a 40-minute interview. I sat through all of it. Um, kind of recanting her experience. She doesn't really give names. I mean, she gave some names because people who were involved in the match. Um, but she doesn't really give a lot of names. She just kind of like talks about her experience there, and it was not a favorable experience. Um, so the question we kind of have, actually I have a couple of questions, but the question that we kind of have want to start off this is that, um, do we believe 
that there's considering whether you listen to Lufisto or you see all the tweets that came out around four between the minutes of four fifty p.m. <laughs> Eastern and about five twenty three p.m. Eastern. Um, do we believe that there's division in the AEW women's locker room? I want to go to you, J Five first. I think there's two ways to think of it. I I, I think there's two sides of the story and the truth is in the middle here, right? Like with everything. Um, I, I think that on the AEW women's side to start there, I do think that there is something to, to the aspect that this is an outsider coming in to their locker room and they don't necessarily know her. And she's talking shit about them and, you know, they want to defend it as much as possible. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, what, what's the, what's the, uh, when you, when you're the hostage, and you, uh, what was that shit called? Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, right? Where it's like, yeah, I'm treated like shit here, but no, you know, th- these are the people that talk shit about me. These are my shit take. You know what I'm saying? Shit talkers. <laughs> Not. <laughs> like, that's how they feel about it. So, like, I I believe Lufisto because here, here's my thing is that like I I think that a lot of people started calling her all uh, her name after it happened, and I think that's pretty disgusting because, you know, like I. It, even if this is a is if this is a bad person, that does not invalidate that person's experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless That's of kind what, of where I'm at too. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if she is a bad person, that doesn't mean that she's a liar automatically. We've seen how this place is. She is just merely confirming what multiple people have said and what we've seen in the past four years. That's why I said when this happened, nothing is going to change here because they're just going to do the same shell defense they always do, where they all come out, do those tweets. Then they're going to move on and they're going to get five minutes at 920 the next the next week. And they're going to say, see that, you know, we did it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's the whole thing is like there, there's no comparison with that locker room versus any other company's locker room. It just is what it is. You can pull your stopwatches out all you want. There's actual stars in other companies. AEW has not created a bankable star on their TV. And Lufisto told, basically showed us why, because they won't allow themselves to. What say you about this aggregate? <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, man. Honestly, I'm I'm not surprised by it. It's things that we've all kind of surmised from what we see based off of the booking. You can just look at the booking and tell who is favored, who is in control. And so when things come out about this, it's kind of like, all right, like I'm really not surprised. And I'm glad someone is stepping out and saying it because I'm sure there's that mentality where someone who's maybe not towards the top of the women's division feels like, yo, if I speak out, this is going to keep me from an opportunity, something like that. So I'm really not surprised by it. Um, Similar to J5, I I don't believe in invalidating anyone's experiences. Like what you see, what you observe, what you feel is completely valid. Like that doesn't mean maybe you didn't contribute in any way, but um, I, I think back to, you know, that, that all access show where the first episode Britt Baker is shitting on Thunder Rosa. Like that's not, that's not something that you, that just happens in a vacuum. Like that's something that's very telling. Um, you know, we, we, we don't, we don't see that anywhere. And that company as a whole, man, like I've, uh, I've been saying this since 2021 when I didn't really watch the show. I'm like, every time I want to give AEW a chance, some bullshit comes out. That's like, why, why would I watch this? Like, and something like this coming out just further confirms that, you know? So 
yeah, it's I'm 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 with Lufisto. I I completely believe her. I think that everyone coming out to kind of diminish what she said, devalue what she said, especially MJF tweeting like that was that was just some bullshit to me. That that was honestly extremely gross. Like there's something Offset said: men stay out of women's business, and that's I I I really stand by that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really thought it was gross. Like I, I definitely kept up while I was busy throughout the weekend and I just, I, I really wasn't surprised. Like, uh, well, what is it, uh, d- disappointed, but not surprised. That's really how I felt. Yeah. It's a, this entire situation. I mean, I think one, I, again, I don't think we should invalidate Lufisto's experience that she went through and say, and immediately that's where I kind of look at the MJF tweet which to me is like the worst kind of tweet because one, it reeks a little bit of like entitlement um, because I feel like he, not necessarily he should be grateful. You work hard, but like you're in this opportunity, you know what I'm You're, you're in this, you're in this position currently. Like you're, nothing is guaranteed. And there are hundreds of thousands of wrestlers who wrestle and never make it to the top of the company, never make it to the place. And one, you're you're a white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're just in general, you're by odds, you're going to make it further than a woman. You're like you're just odds. I feel like it, it reeked of like in terms of wanting to defend his company, it reeked of like putting, you know, people down for not being in the position that he is or not being in the position these other women are. I don't think okay. Lufista was ever at any point jealous of the of where they were kind of at she wanted to be a part of that she said okay i want to embark impart my own knowledge on this if i can she has 20 years in the business she's been wrestling way longer before mjf was yeah um but i feel like to invalidate a lot of the things that she says um by saying that she's never made it anywhere is like completely disgusting um you had something justin also just stay out of women's business We we, we didn't need you to say anything Daniel Bryan didn't say anything. Adam Cole didn't say anything. Stay out of women's business. Like, who gives a fuck what you think? Like, you don't got to be the paragon of, like, everything, bro. Like, just stay out of that shit. I'm pretty sure Britt Baker got this. <laughs> she can handle this, bro. Trust me. She, she's online more than everybody. Like, it, it, there was no reason for him to say anything about that. I, I just think that, it, like you said, it just reeks of not only privilege, but um, I think that made it look even more like a stunt. I think MJF saying something made it look even more like like it was a text that was sent out and it was like, if you want to do it, you can do it. If you don't want to do it, don't say anything. And he said something just to stand up and be like, oh, I, w- I want to be a locker room leader. And That's I'm glad it- everyone saw it. I- I'm glad everyone saw through it. Sorry to cut you off. Um, I'm-, I'm glad everyone saw through it. Yeah. And I know some fake camaraderie when I see it, and then, and that shit was some was some doctored, scripted camaraderie. Like, yeah, I ain't really Remi- fuck with each other like that. It reminded me when Lil Wayne said "fuck Pusha T" and everybody that love him, and then everybody came out from Good Music and said, "I love Pusha T." Or and, and like, remember, <laughs> I love Pusha T. Pusha T, well. let me borrow. Pusha T, let me borrow some of his bars. Um, <laughs> Pusha T, let me borrow his bait jacket that one time. Um, Pusha T put my kids through college. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, it, to me, I was like, none of this is necessary. Because to be honest with you, she's just saying her experience. None of this was necessary. I don't feel like they felt like, I don't see what threat that 800 other women who had nothing to do with this <laughs> felt that they needed to. Nyla Rose? I was like, no, who? What? 
Like, like I was like, hit <laughs> dog gonna holler. Always. She's Kane. She's literally Kane in that on that show. Like she just gets the first yeah. for weeks. And 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 I'm just like, I mean, there's whether it's right or wrong. I think there's a bigger problem that has, and that's why I made that tweet over the Ruby thing. I was like, yo, y'all could corral together to 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 come up with group tweets, but y'all can corral together to get a second match on Dynamite, mm. like. Y'all can't corral together, like, to see. And, and it was very telling. I mean, some people just, you know, stay out their business. And I feel, and to be honest with you, a lot of them are on the low card. A lot of them are not featured on TV every week. Was the one who just kept to themselves and mind their fucking business, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know they probably have experienced what Lufisa has experienced in some, some, some sort of aspect. But realistically, you look at a division that is currently dead. It is been plagued by injuries. It's been plagued by bad creative. And currently there is no creative because of those injuries. So that means Tony Khan, not only did he have one plan, he only had one plan. And now that that plan didn't work out, now the entire division resets. Hikaru Shida is an amazing wrestler. But the mere fact that the title just gets yanked off Tony Storm with no build, no rhyme, no reason, no nothing, um, to me is nuts. Mm-hmm. The mere fact that they're not arguing for more opportunities. There was a sign last week that says "Book the Women Better," and then you know, again, Doctor Britt Baker had something to say about it. It was like, "Oh, I feel like you know, I'm glad when they're in person to support the people, but when I get online, people are so critical of like all these other things." But this is the internet. This is the community that you guys have fostered and kind of like created in a sense. Yeah. Um, not that you're necessarily owed all of the bad talk that comes with it, but I do definitely feel like. The discourse is kind of like how you guys move around the business. The 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 Britt Baker Thunder Rosa thing that everyone brings up that she wants to now dispute. This is something that played out on an actual television show. This is something that was confirmed by writers like Sean Ross Sapp and things like in 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 in, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that they had issues backstage and all this other stuff. This is something that was even publicized to an extent. Justin and I talking about it on the show over like, yo, what are the problems going on with these things? And then it plays out on AEW All Access. Like, this is the kind of things that you guys want to promote with the women's division as opposed to being like, yo, let's get these bomb-ass storylines with these bomb-ass wrestlers to do these things. And it's the reason why WWE... This It's the reason why I looked at the thing. WWE had an, embar- an embarrassment of riches this weekend. Everyone complained about Rhea Ripley not being on the card, about Becky and Trish Stratus not being on the card and stuff like that. And they complained about that. I was like, look at AEW. What is you just watch nothing happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just watch literally someone just take a championship off of somebody for no reason. You watch Brit and, and what does that build up with the Britt Baker thing that's been happening over the last number of weeks? Is it that Britt Baker's gonna eventually take the championship off of Hikaru Shida? Most likely. Oh, she's being, like she's being booked very <laughs> strong lately. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like there's more there's bigger problems with the representation of women in AEW than worrying about what Lufisa said that was generally her experience. And that's I think what Lufisa was trying to tell everyone about. I said this company has bigger problems than just what you guys see on TV. Like backstage the environment is toxic. Or at least it was in her vantage point. Everyone's going to come out, oh, it's fucking amazing. Like, we've heard differently. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you guys have publicized it differently. 
or you guys use this gang up tap tactic all you guys with whoever various husbands and all this other shit that you know um are on the roster and stuff like that <sighs> it's crazy i I, it's, I i think that you know even if you were to look past all of the stuff that lufisto said it's not anything that we haven't been saying for months already it's just a right years bro what, yeah, yes. like it's what we already knew to happen. I think a lot of a lot of it is like honestly, I laughed at it because I was like, this is this is indicative of a, of a lot of things that I've heard. It's indicative of a lot of things that we've seen. It's indicative of a lot of things that are just it's just what it is. I don't think this this culture is going to change. You know why? Because they just re-signed five people, four people, whatever that are the reason why that you can't spend more time on the talent there. You know what I'm saying? Like they're there. You just resign those people. You know what I mean? And and that's just that just is what it is. This company's not going to change anytime soon. It just isn't. I'm that the AW women's division. Wembley's right there. Ain't shit going on <laughs> with the news. Like, and to be you, honest, that's a. You see, what said, you see what Soraya said. He said, you know, well, Tony won. Uh, he won uh, Booker of the Year three times. I'm sure he's got a plan. <laughs> like, she's over it. She's like, yeah, I, I'm. I should just stay on the damn shelf if I wanted to stay on the shelf. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, yeah, there's a lot going on with the AEW's women's division. Um, no, no, there isn't a nothing going on with the AEW. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not on TV at least. Yeah, all the happenings are happening backstage. And yeah, that's just literally what it is. And I think that <clears throat> there was a lot of what about ism, but like it, it and they were still trying to do it this weekend over the, the Becky Trish Rhea thing. And I think that even if you look at this Monday on Raw, it's like, well, well, that was much ado about nothing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, literally like there was there was it just is what it just was what it was. And, I, you know, when we get to SummerSlam, we, we'll be able to talk about that. But like it just was what it was. This is a this is a WWE feels like a company right now that has something going on everywhere. Whereas you can watch the TV and there will be TV programs. There are literally TV programs now that you can look at that like storylines. I mean, that you can look at and be like, Oh, this is going to continue next Monday. There's things that happen to be bigger matches that happen on pay-per-views. That's not happening here in in AEW. Like things are not building to anything. Like I'm, I'm actually have really very few complaints i have a few complaints but very few complaints about how wwe is presenting storylines now but i think at the top of the card i think it's i I think they're they're doing this better than anybody right now and i just don't see how anyone could think that they don't have a plan for something coming up bro when when triple h said in that press conference i don't want to jump ahead but when he said you want to have enough to have a 10 match card but then leave things off for the weekly tv and it's something that like you you just know that they do but for him to say it that way it was just like, bro, this should be a like euphoria moment for uh, not euphoria, a, like an epiphany for everyone. Where it's like, duh, of course you want to leave a, a main event for Raw in two weeks. Like, it, it should really be that obvious. But you know, people kind of just think short term. I don't get it. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, everyone wants their favorite wrestler on the biggest show. Leave it up to the wrestlers to kind of like figure that out. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we're fans. We want the best for them. I get it. But ultimately, this is kind of like how the business works. And I think they know more than anyone how this business works. And it's not always guaranteed. It's an eight-match card. That SummerSlam, we can get we can get into SummerSlam right now. Um, 
can talk about the. I know we have on the news about the the, the, the commentary shakeup. I think we can get to that a little bit after SummerSlam because I kind of do want to get into Raw because I think Raw was kind of fire. Um, <laughs> but um, SummerSlam, Armand, you yes, were sir. there. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, how how was the energy for SummerSlam? How was everything in Detroit for SummerSlam? So- Again, probably some of the things that I say, you two who have been to more shows than me, more PLEs, poor PLEs than me, will probably be like, well, yeah, that's how it is. But for me, seeing it was crazy. Like, people were lined up outside Ford Field at 3.30. I don't think doors open until, like, 5. Um, I was with, like, Tyrell. Shout out to Tyrell. Shout out to um, Ant from Mid Carter. Shout out to AJ. Um, shout out to Tyrell's girl, Wit, um, Cornell, like all, all the gang I had to link with X, Tim, like, you know, we all linked up, we were chilling, we were at the 2k event and then we all lined up and we, we was in a long ass line. Now me personally, not to flex, but I like, I don't really wait in lines these days no more. So I went to the, <laughs> me- <laughs> all right, I went to the media entrance, which had a line itself. Um, and I was, I was, I was so long, (laughs) so long (laughs) losers, um, go off, but yeah, like just the, the energy, like, bro, if, if, if you was out there, it was just a bunch of yes, like a lot of LA night. Yes. Like everyone was just, the energy was incredible. Like I, I, I tweeted it. I was like, yo, I've been to NBA, NFL, MLB games wrestling events and the community that you feel with people you've never met it's just different like it's just extremely different like everyone is nice everyone's excited everyone's talking about the match card everyone is just because because they know what's about to come they know especially these last two years what wwe is going to deliver um so i don't i don't know if we're going to like run through the card but like the, the show starting and ricochet getting the pop that he did it was that was like that was like a very telling moment for me, like especially opening the show with him and Logan, like because we, we we talked about the match a lot. It was definitely an attraction match with Logan, um, but it definitely wasn't the more marquee matches for the show. But seeing Ricochet get that type of reaction was was really dope for me to see, knowing you know just how hard he's worked over the years, um, not really being put in this big spotlight ever since the Brock match um, a couple years ago. Um, so that was something that I immediately noticed. Like people were really, really fucking with Ricochet. Absolutely, man. It's a, well, you know what? Shout out to him. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. We have a couple of questions. We have a couple big points going into SummerSlam. I want to talk about one of the biggest matches on the card, possibly one of the biggest matches of the year. The third iteration, it is Cody Brock 3. Is this a match of the year contender? Before we get to you, Armand, I want to go to J5. J5, please talk about this match. Talk about what it meant. Talk about any kind of feelings about this. As you already know, I am an avid watcher of Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Just to build, just not only to build, but to kind of understand where, where, where they made that decision. Because I think that on, on one end, I feel like this is probably the most important decision that they made that people kind of misunderstand and misrepresent daily, at least online, in terms of just like where why they did that. And I, I remember saying on the show a couple months ago, like when they did the Brock thing, I said, this is the natural progression. of He can't go back down. He has to stay at that level. So you have to do the Brock thing. And I know that a lot of people had a lot of mixed opinions about the first two Brock matches. I really liked the first one. The second one was fine. And I think that the third one being a 
kind of a respect match more than a grudge match. It was kind of like more about, hey, how can we, you know, how can we do this to a to a manner where Brock seems to look like the beast, but also is is someone who's like, yo, like you're out of my level, like leave, leave it alone. And Cody become a, a great baby face. The story that they told, I was getting worried with the time, the, the, the you know, the, the count out stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. The count out stuff. And I'm like, okay, the crowd's like, what's going to happen here? Because they were silent like the, like the Cena match when, when, when uh, Brock did what he did to Cena at SummerSlam a couple years ago. Or not a couple, a long time ago. 2014, so yeah. When he, get, when he gets back in the ring and they pop and then he starts fighting back, I said, they got him. I said he's never ever going to be. You know how AEW was kind of like eh, 50 50, then it was 75 35. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, he'll never have that reaction ever again. I, I shudder to think that they'll probably never make Cody Rhodes a heel because of that moment. Because he's someone that people believe in and he's somebody that like he is now a character that is like the, the biggest baby face and the, and the biggest person that can overcome the odds because of this Brock Lesnar program because people didn't think he could do it. Right. So he gets in. The story is told, and I think that this is just the, the like who 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 fucking produced this? Was it Jason Jordan who did this? It wasn't Michael Hayes. Um, no, it wasn't Michael Hayes and Jason Jordan did that long ass main event. Um, it was <laughs> fuck. Who was it? it? Had to be one of them old guys. I don't know. I never right. keep up with who produced this shit. <laughs> no, no, it was it was Michael Hayes. It was Michael, it was Michael oh, Hayes. There you go. What did I said this? I fucking said this <laughs> like a month ago. If you don't got this guy on your team, you're not going to be able to, to to pull pull this shit off. And I think that in terms of just the way this match was constructed, the drama, the actual athleticism, that top rope Cody Cutter was was fucking mental. Um, and the way Brock sold it was fucking mental. These are the two best sellers in the game to me right now, too. I just thought that the match to me is, is definitely in my top three right now, just because of the 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 way they told the story. And I was like, yo, this is why we love this shit. Like, there's no way. I'm sorry, like there's no fucking way you can hate on this guy anymore after that shit. Then the then the fucking end? Come on, man. Bro, I I, I put it in the Discord. I, I legitimately almost shed a tear seeing Brock hug that nigga. We've never seen Brock do that. Like he is the guy who when I got into wrestling, he was my favorite guy. And to see him still out here doing his thing was great. But to see him give that respect to someone who is went from undesirable to undeniable. Cody is undeniable right now. Like the first match, you know, he got him with the Kimura. He pinned him while being, you know, in a submission. But this match was a definitive victory for him. It told that babyface story of coming from under. And it was it, it was art. It was truly art. It was a masterpiece. And I also liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like the general gist of kind of what it, it was a great match. It was fantastic. Match of the year candidate, I I believe so. It's probably one of the best matches on this card. Um, there were so many things that kind of like went on. To me, SummerSlam, it, it, it peaks and valleys. And, you know, peaks, I want to do this Cody Brock thing. Um, we asked him the question now, did Logan Paul and Ricochet deliver? And, and kind of like, I think the match did deliver. But I'm not sure what it means for Ricochet after this. <laughs> like, I mean, he's on the post of the Raw, so that's always cool. Um, I, but- I mean, Ricochet. I think that he did what he was supposed to do in that position. Like we said, when you do those celebrity matches, that shows that there's a lot of trust in you. I think that Ricochet would had an advantage because he 
had somebody he was going against that was game to do all of that stuff. There was some really crazy stuff they did, but not like too like out of this world crazy, but just like just the, the athleticism was just out of this world. I think it's interesting looking at Logan Paul because it looks like it looks like he's doing this stuff like really clumsily, but it's actually being performed like, you know, like I think there's some type of art in the fact that he doesn't look professional doing it if that makes if that makes sense like he, he yeah i can a regular guy doing it but it looks good and so it's, it's like weird right i can definitely see that i mean he still has some sort of like the the instincts i think aren't fully there like all the time um like for instance i would say even though the the, the spot was crazy that neck breaker off the top i feel like it came off a little weird um but still you know amazing spot like who takes that like who does that you know what i'm saying like i think logan paul and ricochet delivered um considering how things went on the, the following night for ricochet it looks like they're going to continue to feature him you know in big spots and big moments on the show logan paul not sure that when he's going to return but i'm sure when he returns he'll be doing i think he's due for a world title shot to be honest with you absolutely um, I think, you know, that match with Roman, if that didn't do it, another encounter with Seth, I think that's a built-in story that you got there. Um, And when I talk about valleys for the night, um, (laughs) you know, this MMA match between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Can we preface this? Let's preface this. Go ahead. I think that it is unfair for anyone to say that because y'all did because y'all did this match, y'all should have just gave this to Becky and Trish. Let's preface. No, it's, there's it's, a number. There's a number of reasons why that's not going to happen. Yeah, like, like, let's just keep that to what it is. Like, no, that wasn't going to happen. I mean, I think that people have already seen or kind of been privy to the fact that Ronda was pretty much just out. Like she was like like her 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 time was up. And they needed to get her out of there, and that's just that just is what it is. You're not you're not writing Ronda off on fucking Raw, you know what I mean? So that had to stay where it was. Now, in terms of the execution of the MMA match, I believe one of my biggest questions last week was, how are they going to do this? And it's not in an octagon. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them ropes were still in the ring, I said, <laughs> yeah, it's going to go well. Yeah, great, a choreographed MMA match. Um, but no, I mean to be honest with you, if you look after the match. Looked like it was a fight of the century. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you look after the match, you look at Shayna Baszler, she ain't have that much eyebrows anyway, but like she done slapped the eyebrow right off her damn face. Like she looked like she went through hell in that match, and she did. I'm sure Ronda gave it to her. He's like, You're gonna earn this 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 rub that I'm giving you for sure. Um but overall the the match, yeah, it didn't very rarely do Matches with non-wrestling rules kind of like work in in that kind of thing, and I look towards um, you know, it takes a it takes a little while to work. I look towards what the hell they had on NXT with the timer and the dudes in the cage and all this other shit. Uh, the what was it the Iron Man Survivor or something? Yeah, 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 like things like that, like things outside the normal scope of like this person fights, they pin the submission count, out, like all those kind of other things. You really have to like kind of like lean people into now. While people know what MMA is, MMA in the confines of a wrestling match. That wasn't an MMA crowd. I think that yeah. was the. Uh, I think that was just the issue. Like it wasn't an MMA crowd. It was. It was legitimately a lot of people that really wanted to just watch wrestling. And I think that um, 
if you weren't going to do fight pit, I mean, on a, on a card that had really no stipulations at all on it, you know what I right. mean? You, you really could have did it. But then again, you kind of run into the, the issue of like, if you do the fight pitch, you got to take the cage down, put the cage back up. I completely understand. Um, and it didn't have round. It didn't have rounds neither. So they just aimlessly beam the shit out of each other for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. And that was my other thing. Like, why are y'all actually hitting each other? <laughs> no sense. Just have a regular match. They, they, were, they were legitimately like laying it in on each other. And I was like, y'all don't need to do this. Like, this is, this, you could just have had a regular match. Like, I, I really feel like this was no other no other creative uh, made this b- but Ronda. I think this this is how she wanted to go out, and she wanted it to be a big thing with Shayna submitting her. And I and you know they they got that over. I think Shayna came out looking better. I just think that that was like eight minutes that felt like eight hundred. Like it just felt like so fucking long. Yeah, I'm not going front. I I didn't get to watch it live because I was going to get Cornell to bring him to the suite. So I I watched it after and I was like. Uh, and honestly, I expected it to be the cooldown match anyways, um, but I still expected it to kind of be more exciting than it was. And yeah, watching it back on Peacock, even with the commentary, I was like, eh, this just it, it didn't really hit where I guess we thought it would hit or it should hit. Mm-hmm. You're the problem with women's wrestling, Armand. I am. Yeah, I'm trash. <laughs> um, but speaking about women wrestling that actually banged. Um, <laughs> a triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. You had two new champions in one night. Bianca Belair, Asuka Charlotte. I thought this match, in my opinion, who produced this match? Since everyone was on the, oh, it was TJ. 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 Yeah. Um, I felt like this match had too many moving parts for these three women. Because I felt like you always needed to be in a certain place at a certain time. And they were always waiting for something to kind of like happen. I never felt like it flowed with the psychology. Oh, you, know who was waiting for? you know who he was waiting for? Charlotte. <laughs> yes. Every I mean, often, more often times than not. Yes. So I felt like it was a lot of like moving around, positioning themselves. That's why I kind of like more felt more than the actual psychology of like a triple threat match. Like, how the fuck am I going to actually win this shit? I should take out one of these people and then I can improve my chances greatly. Um, but all three women did an amazing job by the end that 450 while Charlotte had the figure eight on Oscar is just a moment. Bianca Belair just knows SummerSlam and just knows how to have a moment at SummerSlam. Um, did you guys legitimately think that she was injured? I mean, no. I, I want I want people to <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> We, me and me, me and Cornell were up there trying to figure it out. He was like, "Yo, let's let's look and see if real doctors come out." He was like, "Nah, she's she's working." And even yeah. like the the dramatics of her walking up the ramp, falling a bunch of times. Uh, she I was, was like, hitting yeah. the heel toe at the edge of the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even bring no type of doctor out. They didn't throw the X up, so that should have let you know too. Um, Everyone was like, "Damn, she was howling like she was really hurt." I'm like, "She's." Also, they continued the match and had like yeah. spots. They had like mm-hmm. spots that they were doing for that moment. So like, no. But I was like, I, I literally, I literally asked in the chat. I was like, why is what? <laughs> I was like, they really gonna do a Bianca Funk segment here? <laughs> like, they, they, they did everything they could to make Bianca look strong. I think they that was the strongest they've ever made anyone look before a cash in before because it, they, she looked so strong that I forgot the cash in was gonna probably happen. You yeah. know what I'm saying? She, yeah. she was in, a, she was in a figure four. And then she rolled up Oscar for the win. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's nuts to kind of really think about. She pinned the champion to win the match. It was it, um, it was a genuine shock, and like you said, we'd been predicting the cash in would happen, but I did not think Bianca was going to be the one to win and get cashed in on. So I was like, "Holy shit! Like, wow! <laughs> like, what the fuck?" Absolutely. Um, then EO Sky's music hits. It's a it's a everyone's looking around. Everyone's crazy. Have you ever seen Armand? Is this your? Have you ever seen a a, a Money in the Bank cash in live? First time, first time seeing a cash in live, man. Wow. I feel like that's such a it's have such I, a pure moment. It's yeah, have you ever done it? Because I know for sure I haven't. I've never saw Cash in, no. Never saw Cash in. Damn. That's what we gotta chase. We gotta Eo, chase one of them. Eo was running her ass off, nigga. <laughs> Jesus. And Bailey gets supporting actress for washing Oscar and Charlotte with that briefcase. Like she, she was going crazy on them. And it was so poetic too. Someone said like that was kind of telling of the passing of the guard from the previous generation to EO, like Bailey ensuring that her, the person that she'd been mentoring over the last year would get that moment. Like it was, it was very poetic. They gotta, That's how you do it. <laughs> they they got to get a dub at some point. Jesus. Yeah. Listen, man, that's how you do it. You know, sometimes it's not all about you. Sometimes you got to pass it to the future. Sometimes you got to, you know, give back to the present. And EO Sky, I mean, after that match at Backlash earlier this year, and just kind of like the wave of momentum she's been kind of like rolling on, just to see her win this women's championship, I mean, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, I look forward to see what they do on SmackDown. SmackDown got a real healthy division, real healthy women's division. No, they don't. don't. No, they don't. Oh, wait. It's over. It's over. <laughs> um, hashtag WWE <laughs> treat women better or whatever the hell it is. I thought that was nuts. I saw that and I was like, "Yo, y'all are kind of dragging it." Like, I, I mean, even uh, worse is the I'm I, I'm so mad. Oscar never got a she never got a real title run. I'm like, <laughs> what? I, you, I, they've I, never I, seen The Rock. They've never I, seen The Rock. I think Oscar understood earlier than a lot of people, <laughs> Charlotte, that she's supposed to give back to the fucking division and not be at the top all the time. Either way, we come to the main event. Tribal Combat. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defending against Jey Uso. It also says, and the recognition of Tribal Chief and the Anawaii family. Okay, yeah, so it's bigger than, it's it's bigger than rap. You know what I'm saying? Um, The question... After the result of this, I have my thoughts on the match itself, which aren't good, to be honest with you. This match, I'm I'm kind of glad now that we are past this bloodline thing, because I don't know about the continued main events, like the the Roman Reigns, Jay Usos kind of style main events. Um, because I mean, you don't really do that with nobody else, but but them. <laughs> but it's like, but I think didn't him and Sammy go forty? Yeah, yeah, but I feel like there's constant moments within those things where I feel like with these kind of matches, really the only like five to seven last five to seven minutes truly are like the the shining moment of the match. So you kind of got to sit through a bunch of things. I'm actually going to get that door. So I'm going to ask you guys, how do you feel about the match? And do you think that the Bloodline story has jumped the shark? Um, I don't hate the match i just don't think it was like i think i expected more brutality is that fair to say 
Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I think I expected more brutality, but the thing is, like, Roman is like, you can't mess up this face. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to do any type of bleeding. I think that there was, you know, there were very long stretches of, of them standing around doing stuff. I went to the bathroom twice during this match. And I, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, well, it was midnight for you. I had actually yeah. watched it. I Well, I ended up watching it at midnight because I got home from uh, an event that I went to. And I finished watching the show. I had I had only watched um, Logan and Ricochet before I left my house. But mm-hmm. um, and you didn't, I, LA, you didn't see LA Knight win that Slim Jim Battle Roar. I saw it, uh, that night. I saw that. Um, but I I think that in terms of like just like there's no question that these two guys are really good. I think it's just time for them to 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 leave each other alone for a while. Um, in terms of jumping the shark. That I feel like people don't actually understand what jumping the shark means. The the term of that came from uh, Happy Days when Fonz literally jumped over a shark. I think it was like on a jet ski or something. And people named that as a point where um, the show started to go downhill. The only issue with that is, is that it took months for that to happen. It didn't happen immediately. And also... Or the Roman Reigns thing? <laughs> no, I mean I'm talking about the the show's quality dipping. The, oh, the, okay. The show that that's what it's supposed to mean is, is that people use that as kind of a pejorative term when they don't even really know what that means. And I no, think absolutely. that I think that it's like unfair to say that this about a story that is ongoing 52 weeks out of the year, and most of the time the main person that's involved in it isn't even there because you know if he go if he disappears for another three four weeks after this week. People are going to forget all about this. Let's just be clear. Mm-hmm. They're going to forget all about this shit that happened. And they just going to, they, people love Roman. I think the jumping the shark moment would have been, they would have had to do that like a couple of months ago. If, if, if they would have did the Jimmy turn then instead Jimmy of Jimmy joining them would have been jumping the shark. Jimmy jumping back in. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy like, Jimmy like I'm, actually. <laughs> and I'm glad you said that because there's literally people who are looking at what they're saying about SmackDown with Jimmy joining the bloodline again. And I'm like, don't fall for it. <laughs> like literally do not fall for what they're trying to do this is this is so roman can wave goodbye and we get the jimmy j thing that they wanted to do i, I knew i should people should have put their red flags up when they had that interview with ariel and they said they wanted to do this type of match because even i was like i was saying on the show i was like doesn't make skeptical. sense yeah you were skeptical you were like well, this doesn't make yeah. no sense why that happening when they said it i was like ah, i was still skeptical i'm i and i'm and i'm gonna see here and then i was wrong but uh, but in the end, it does make sense why they did this in order to get them away from Roman and then have this happen. But in terms of jump the sharp, I, I just don't I, I don't think so, because that would we, we can't call that right now. <laughs> How can you say a jump yeah. the shark? Th- does that mean that on Friday it's going to be whack? Like it doesn't that doesn't that, that doesn't happen that quick. I don't know what Friday is going to hold. Um, To be honest with you, quite as a kept. I know they put Roman Reigns on the graphic. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be there. <laughs> um, he's just going to have to acknowledge he is. Yeah, they said he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sure. All right. Yeah, All right. there's been reports that he's he's going to be there. All right. I wouldn't take the vacation off to jump back, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the ending. First of all, the match to me, it's very rare. I agree with Brian Alvarez on a take on a match. <laughs> Very, very rare. Um, however, I do not think this was the the match that happened. I feel like I feel like you needed to sow in more doubt about the 
the, the reign of Roman Reigns in a sense. Like yes. A little bit more doubt of that Jay Uso can actually win this thing because essentially no one went in thinking that Jay Uso was going to fully win this. Um, so I felt like there needed to be more seeds of doubt. I feel like there made it, needed to be a little bit more misnomers. I feel like they needed to be maybe um, Solo gets fed up and he walks out a little bit. Maybe something like that happens um, to kind of like sew in like, okay, can Jay actually do this? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the, I always use the one of the greatest matches in Monday Night Raw history, Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy. Now, I, Jeff Hardy had the, go ahead. I, I and you know what they what the doubt they tried to plant was the fact that he pinned them a month ago in a tag match. Yeah, and I was, that ain't fooling me. <laughs> I was like, "What? Nigga, this is Roman Reigns, baby? Come on." Um, he he's been pinned for the first time in the thirteen hundred days, but he ain't lost uh, uh, the title in the over you know thirteen something days or whatever the hell it is. Um, but I felt like they should have been more doubt. Um, the ending of this match, to be honest with you. I'm going to wait for the Uso Penitentiary to roll by. Um, But the ending of this match, I want to see how kind of like it evolves from there. But I don't have much faith currently in this iteration in a Jey Uso versus Jimmy Uso match. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to deliver. I don't know what it's going to give. It's going to give super kicks. I know you said it. Super kicks and chops. They wanted to do it. They, they like here, my thing is this, regardless of how we feel about it, I yeah. think that, I think they're owed they're they're owed this. I, I think I I think that there's a, there's a genuine investment in Jey Uso. Um and you saw that on on Saturday. There is a real investment in this guy and I think there's an there's an investment in whatever they have to do next with him. I just wanted to be away from Roman. I think we said that last week. We're saying it right now mm-hmm. that the bloodline is effectively broken up. I don't know. I, I I don't think Solo will get a match. I'm I'm knocking on wood. I don't think he's gonna get a match with Roman. But I I think <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, forty minutes. I don't think Solo can go forty minutes. That, that's not a the, singles match. Yeah, not not a well. I I will say that. Um, and shout out to Novak. I do believe that they will probably try and do the four way for sure. I think that's gonna happen. Huh? We got Uso in every corner. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I mean, there's more, there's because, one more in the chamber because because they they have to follow up on Roman spearing Solo Solo looking like he he was ready to spike Roman Roman asking him Yo are you about to turn on me like that was something that they planted there for a reason before Jay speared Roman through the barricade mm-hmm. and so yeah I I think there's gonna be some whenever it happens there's gonna be some promo or something where Solo fully gets away. And I saw, I think AJ put it on Twitter, like a match for the lay. And then someone just breaks the lay and like, that's over. Like whatever the case may be, they're absolutely going to cash in on that. That four. I don't know. They're going to break that lay. Don't break my lay on TV. <laughs> it looked cheap. It looked cheap. They could do that. <laughs> it's just not hard to break. <laughs> and then they threw that, they threw that, they threw that other lay in the press conference. Don't Armand, please tell me you try to snatch that up. I know that, you know, I didn't want to be thirsty because I knew I was on TV, man. Like, <laughs> I was I, I was trying to get the mic to ask a question, so I didn't want to be thirsty. Um, and and Paul clearly threw it at the woman next to me, but um, yeah, but I, that that was a cheap lay for sure. But I think I think that like as far as like Jimmy and Jay's storyline and stuff like that, like a lot of people say like I don't get it, it makes no sense. And I'm like 
I think in terms of them, like what what happened to just they just probably want to do it. Like you can really tell that they wanted to do this. They've been talking about this. They've said it on yeah. online. They've said it already. I think you just give that to them. They've main evented WrestleMania. They held the titles longer than anybody in the company, anybody in the fucking world. They won the longer than everybody fucking else at this point. Exactly. Like they're they're as much as I I selfishly want them to face these new teams. Come on, man. There's there's only but so many. They've already beaten all these teams that are trying to they're trying to reheat right now. The profits are getting reheated. You know, they they have a bunch of teams that that, that need to come up and actually look like they, they mean something. And putting them against the Usos is, is just not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna work like that. And I think that um it's let them have it, man. Like they they've done everything. And I think the last thing that they have to do is to is to face each other. And if they're able to make something out of it, which I think that they will, then then I enjoy it. I just hope that um by the end of this year we are you know we have the effective release of the bloodline from everyone and everywhere that we have i I think they need to go on to to different things like roman for sure needs to start facing somebody else on smackdown because i think there's other people that need to need to have that match that's what sheamus said (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that's what sheamus said sheamus was like yo this nigga need to start facing everybody on smackdown um roman gonna say well aj come here Bobby, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, it's not happening. Well, wrapping up SummerSlam, I do want to touch in on a few quick points on Raw and SmackDown. Um, we can touch on this. We can kind of run through these quickly and wrap things up. Um, SmackDown, see the new profits. Is it? Are they called the profits? The street street business hurt profits. <laughs> what, what, profits. It's hurt a. Profit. <laughs> Hurt profit. It'd be cool if it was just the profit. The profit. Mm, okay. Like the profit oh. would be fire. Like because 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 again, Bobby's the businessman and they're his profit. You know what I'm saying? He's like L.A. Reid with them, man. Yeah, <laughs> got them in three sixties. You know what I'm saying? I think this leads uh, to not. To, do you think this leads to Bobby not wrestling as much? Um. Yeah, I do think so. Bobby's fake old. Um. <laughs> like he looks great. Don't get me wrong. For 47 years old, this man looks fucking amazing. Um, it, it made me look 20 years ago. I was like, that's how he looks like when he was young. He looks exactly the same now. He um, looks better. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you. So um, they're still calling them the Street Profits on WWE.com. So <laughs> they're the Street Profits. New look. The big in is big in for Dawkins. Shout out to you. Um Let's see what else happened on SmackDown. That was notable. Nothing. We can head to Raw. Um, yo, Finn's kind of tweaking, isn't he? He is <laughs> on his Mad King shit, bro. <laughs> he said anything you can say in front of. <laughs> that's some fight. That's fighting words, low key. Like, yeah, high key. <laughs> I've known JD for twenty years. Anything you can say in front of. <laughs> Me, you can say in front of him. The, I was funniest, like, the funniest shit was Damien saying, why is he even talking? <laughs> Damien was not with the shits. You're, you're, you're crowding me right now. <laughs> I like that because I felt like that wasn't like in the script. You know what I'm saying? I feel like generally these guys know are fully, I mean, it's to the level that they're at. They're fully within the role that they're playing. And this is kind of playing out very, very well. The intrigue is there. For moving on from the bloodline, we have this Judgment Day storyline that's really, really heating up. But Finn is tweaking. We got JD McDonough. He's back in the fold. You know what I'm saying? We got Damian Priest. 
who like I guess Finn has kind of run out of championship opportunities, but Damian Priest has got the only championship opportunity that matters. The way he um, was staring at that briefcase, I yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> Bro, like I've 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 been entertained the idea in my head of Finn and Dame at some point having a match for that briefcase. The, the, the ideas in my head. That would be the I, best thing they've done with that briefcase in about five years. Mm-hmm. They took it off Otis. Um, oh, but right. <laughs> you know I thought you were Otis had a truth. You Me and David, we got a truth. That was then, though. Go ahead, talk about Otis. Otis had a banner night. He had hometown crowd. You know what I'm saying? Well, we still on. We still on JD. We still on JD. Okay, Lord. we still on JD. JD. Listen, I think this feels like he's not even he not even JD. And JD was like, I'm the only JD that matters. But again, yeah. you, you got you got Finn telling JD to go do his dirty work. He's his little mm-hmm. pit bull. He's like he's in a he's in a spot that I wanted Pete Dunn to be in. I feel mm. in terms of being like the enforcer for people, like the 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 kind of ruthless guy. I think that he's in that spot for me right now. But um, I I, JD I really, can talk more. I think he can talk a little bit better than oh Dunn. oh yeah than, just, yeah. They they have they have um. They've changed him from the freaky weird guy to the freaky weird guy who is somehow connected to Finn Balor in some way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it leads to the well. Initially, we kick off the show. Cody and Seth they're doing their little fake out moment thing. Mm, you know what I'm magic, saying? Magic again. Every like, time. <laughs> oh my god! Well, when that moment finally comes, two baby faces who just genuinely hate each other going at it oh my god i can't I feel wait like cody's I can't wait. like i feel like cody's like it is what it is at this point like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm good you know what i mean hey, like hey, I, hey hey you can do the update on this man's situation <laughs> <laughs> i beat you oh three nigga like like they don't need if i beat you oh and three and one of those times i had a debilitating injury that i couldn't even move my arm for there's no conversation you weak as fuck i don't care if you got the title <laughs> uh so they try to get a six-man tag jd versus Sami Zayn, cody Rhodes, seth rollins Sami Zayn is taken out by jd with this big fucking shit on his shoulder <laughs> i mean his I elbow like that bro i was about to throw up bro that shit was gross. i was like did that happen just now but apparently it didn't um and that's why he's been wrestling with that elbow pad apparently so they swap out. My man Shinsuke was like, I'm free. And I'm like, Shinsuke, you just had a big ass match against big ass Bronson Reed. Watch but Shinsuke. Shinsuke, <laughs> Shinsuke was plotting. He was hilarious last night. Listen, I'm can I just say this right now? Triple H was in his fucking Duffy last night on Raw, bro. No, he was. He was. <laughs> he was like, Listen, it's time. Fake fake SummerSlam may be the new the night after SummerSlam may be the new reset. It might be a, 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 a generational reset. Like it, it, it was fire. Like there were just so much. The matches were good. The promos were good. The segments were good. We got returns. All of that shit. I thought it was. I thought it was a fantastic show. Chad Gable. Chad Gable got his moment. What do you feel about? How do you think Vince McMahon feels about seeing Shorty G in these moments? Fuck him. Respect. Him. <laughs> Fuck him. It's time, he's probably bro. saying, ah, my back. Bro, <laughs> That's like, what Chad, he's probably saying. Chad has been one of the best performers of the last, what, couple years. Um, genuinely over with the crowd. Like, that that was a genuine moment. Yo, him grabbing his son and running around the ring, bro. Like, that was, that was some beautiful shit. Hey, man. 
it happens to everybody. You there long enough, something go happen. Some go pop. Some yo, go Mil- shake. Yo, Mills, people were giving you hate for that tweet as if you were hating on him too. I was like, I feel like you were acknowledging oh, that he's just bit. Yeah, like someone quoted is <laughs> like, this is hate. I was like, I think Mills just acknowledging like Chad Gable is so viable that he's given multiple moments and he's he's carrying them like he's doing his thing. Can, Damn, can I, I got to look at my quotes? Can go I bring ahead. up something? But I want to go back. How did y'all feel about Cody's acknowledge me line? Oh, that was great. Oh, that team. Mm. That team. Oh, man. I can't wait. When these, <laughs> two, when these two face off again, nuclear. Like, it is going to go so crazy. When Especially Cody- because everything Cody said will be true at that point about him losing his tribe. So I'm, I'm wondering, damn, is Paul Heyman going to be there when Cody faces off against Roman again? Like, that's, that's where mm-hmm. I'm going because everything Cody said in that promo has come true. Jimmy's gone. Jay's gone. Solo is still there, but Solo looks shaky. Like, what's, what's all he's gonna be? Him? All he's gonna have to be is a Roman without a Reign. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Listen, we gonna get it. It's gonna circle back. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Another major moment: LA Knight, Slim Jim <laughs> Battle Royal winner. <laughs> My son, point I to the Slim Jims. <laughs> you point to the Slim Jim. You saw that shit. <laughs> He was like, why ain't the pirate going off? Um, (laughs) But listen, by all things, huge pop. Major. He's getting huge pops. He was on Friday. He was on SummerSlam. He's on Monday. He's not even supposed to be on Monday. Going going toe for toe, bar for bar with The Miz. Um, Is this, I don't think, I don't know if this is going to be a program program. I mean, I could see it being a program. Um, but he's on SmackDown, so I don't know. But how do we feel this LA Night thing is actually going to happen now? Judging by the last few couple shows, <laughs> do you feel like this has any legs? It it has legs to it. The legs are they're like someone who starts going to the gym and is squatting like. 135 approaching 225. He's not quite a power lifter yet. He's not mm. ready. To, he's not ready to put those 345s on each side yet. And I think Miz showed that. You know, like I'll I, Mills, you know, because you and I have our thing with Miz, I I I I I I'll definitely give you hate. But but Miz is the measuring stick. Cody had a had a brief thing with Miz when he came back. Logan and Miz, like Miz is the measuring stick. Like if you can handle yourself in the ring with Miz, then you know they're gonna push you a certain direction. And I think LA almost had it, and then he just completely flubbed. And it was it was very telling. It was something that we all kind of addressed, and it just reminded me, like, damn, like you know, as as over as he is, he's still got some refinement to do. Um, and I think this that's gonna make him get in his bag too. Um, so I think it has some legs to it. He still needs time. I don't think a title should be put on him immediately. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's really what it is. Like people uh, should not be surprised if he doesn't get a world title in the next three years. I, I don't think he's gonna get one at all. That'd be fine. I'd be fine with that too. Intercontinental Championship seems fine. It'll look good on him. Yeah. I I, I think ultimately you need that they need a top mid card guy for SmackDown, and they got one. I, I listen about the Miz thing. Miz, I, I don't mm-hmm. even say that he was. <laughs> I don't even want to say. That. <laughs> Sorry, sir. 
I don't even want to say that Miz was targeting LA Knight because this was the same Miz promo that he does for every new guy. That he comes does it for everybody. Everyone. <laughs> and LA is the only one that did not take the bait. Or rather, did take the bait and got 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 flustered. I'm like, you ain't never been flustered. Yeah. I was like, oh, because it was top dollar you was going against. And Miz, did, Miz does this to everybody. Miz does this. He takes pretty much whatever the narrative is on the internet, which in this case is that he's an attitude era cosplayer, and he uses it against him. He did the same thing. Remember when everyone thought that Miz was racist because of the Biggie thing? He's like, Biggie's not aggressive enough. Um, and everyone was like, Miz is racist. Then it's like, what? How the fuck? He's, he that does was, this to everybody. That was great. That was, that was peak everything is racist era. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Twitter. I, I was like, are you dead ass? This is talking smack. Um, but y- you have to go out your way to watch it. But no, it's a, he does this to everybody. LA, listen, man. No, no fuck no. that. He got me. He made people cheer for Miz. Meals. No one ever does that. Yeah, that was crazy. They're not even in like New York or like a city that's like Bizarro World. They're not even in Canada. He hit the wrong chord for Miz because he says that he doesn't deserve to be where he's at. And you know that with Miz, you can't tell him shit about shit about anybody. You don't deserve to be where he's at. He called him safe. I was like, he called him safe. He's like, what? While you might be right, my brother, I don't know if this is going to work out for you the way you think it is. That's what almost got Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan dropped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Lucky you don't hit a man with a concussion. But you know, um, it's a LA night. I feel like jury's still out. Um, it's a it's been an interesting few days, but this is finally the moment that people have been asking for. So let's see if this is truly what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He ain't wanted with Miz, and now he got to go to SmackDown with Grayson Waller. Mm. Pray for Very him. <laughs> Pray for him. That insult shit ain't gonna work. Insult <laughs> <laughs> ain't gonna work. Listen, the 1997 jumped out, and people. The thing is, is that even, like you get the pop, and I hear you, Armand, about what you're saying about him. You know, it's gonna take time. You hear the pop, you get the chant. When the match goes longer than five minutes, what happens? It's not hidden. It's they not hidden. start cheering for the other person. That Sheamus match. They was not. They, they, I wouldn't. You can hear shit, and then they because it was Sheamus. Sheamus is relatively popular. When he slipped on the top rope, they started cheering Sheamus. I said, "Oh Lord, end it, <laughs> end it." I said, "This is crazy." Like he didn't even get a "you fucked up" chant. They just started. They was like, "Oh well, I forgot he was a jobber." Hey man, and they slipped off in front of his coworkers. He needs. The team. <laughs> he has to come up with a different promo cadence, bro. He has to. He, he has to because they're going to they're going to wake up and the, the adults are going to stop because it's all adults. I'm convinced it's all adults that are cheering for him. I'm convinced. <sighs> we shall see. That's that's pretty much what I saw in, in Detroit. It was a lot of 20s, 30s year old people saying the yes. It was some kids, too, but it was mostly adults. Final little bit of news before we head out of here. Sonia Deville. Torre ACL women's tag team championships. The future of it, not clear. Um, but it is clear that these belts are kind of cursed in some sort of way. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens moving on from here. 
Um, but that's it for this week in wrestling, man. First of all, shout out to Armand. Listen to Journeyman, who have, I hope this is your last stop. <laughs> did we touch on, on this? Did we, did we touch on Becky and Eliminate? Becky and what? We, we should talk about that. Oh, okay. Yes, please go ahead. Becky go ahead, comes out, cuts a promo. Uh, Zoe Stark comes out, which then leads out to Shayna Baszler, who's getting a babyface reaction for the first time in her career, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. They have a match, Zoe versus versus Shayna. And again, masterful kind of creative for Zoe, giving her something to do every single week. I think that she looks mm-hmm. great. She's she's still, to me, the best call-up of, of everybody um, out of this last draft. Becky's drinking the lemonade in, in reference to a lemonade, you know, making lemonade out of lemons thing that she posted. And then Triple H says it. And then people are like, Triple H and Becky are beefing. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that they're they're playing off of each other right now you know she has the. i'm like you know she has to walk past him in gorilla every week right like you know they see each other like bro that that plus what Rio was tweeting the whole like i was like this is a work how are people getting so worked up over this like they're working you they're, they're achieving what they want to by you reacting to this hold on hold on hold on and there is becky Sipping on what is that, Wade? This is lemonade. You, you didn't get one. You've no. been a naughty boy. I'll t- tell you what, Becky, this is the best lemonade ever that you're making. There's no bitterness at all. <laughs> <laughs> I fell out. <laughs> Thank you, Wade. Wade on Raw is amazing. I'm so hyped they, for this. They are clearly Ooh, making. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the announcer shake. It's on the notes. Raw, Raw, Raw is so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> my, nigga. my nigga, look, man, look. Oh my God, just I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what SmackDown's gonna hold. I don't know. <laughs> Daddy's there though. I mean, hey, it's 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 one less hour, so <laughs> we got to hear KP for one one less hour, and it's two other people who are competent who can do it. So you'll barely be hearing KP. He'll be the one mainly asking, "Hey, uh, Corey, how does it feel?" When he'll mainly be doing that. <laughs> Corey, Corey. No DQ matches before. How do you feel about like that? That's mostly what he's gonna do. Oh the my Almighty God. is cut, here. Wow. Cut to the progressive flow of the night. That's what he's gonna be cutting to. <laughs> I know you guys. I know you guys are very down on KP, but I have to give like the probably truthful but bad news about this whole situation. They see a lot in him. They he's young. He's he's relatively charismatic in in most instances. I, there are moments where I can see why people would like him or why they like him because even when he goes back and forth with Corey, there's some moments where I'm like, okay, he got he kind of got Corey there. They're they're not they're few and far between, but it happens. Putting him with Michael Cole is the best thing that could happen because then he can learn on the job in a way where Michael Cole won't just be yelling at him on the on, on the earpiece. If it was if it was the last regime, I'm pretty sure he probably would have been let go already. But I think that there's there's some value in not giving up on someone and letting that person know that they're not gonna get that you're not gonna give up on them. So like I'm going to let this play out with KP and see where we land next year. But I definitely think that they are very set on saying, okay, Vic is our NXT guy with Booker, because they were. And I don't think they should shake that up. But KP is somebody that they want to be in that position. For sure. I mean, I think you know, while he may not be, and I think he has a high standard to meet with Michael Cole, with Corey Graves, with who we've seen in the past. He's relatively harmless. He just doesn't necessarily give what we've heard from the better announcers in the past. But I definitely think he can get to that point with more time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely willing to lipo it. But 
Raw for sure felt a lot better with Wade and Michael Cole. Cole was was talking all types mm-hmm. of shit on Monday. I was like, bro, he's having a blast. But again, it's been That's like no day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, someone excited. It's been almost like what, like ten years or something, or some some years since he's been on Raw. Like it's been a really long time since he's been on Mondays. And no, it's not been ten years. It's been about maybe like six or seven, I think, because he was up there when Renee was was um was commentating, right? Yeah. Or my captain. Sure. I th- I think so. But no, he was there. he was the parent. He was like the parent driving the car and the two kids in the back seat fucking around. Yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. that. And, and and again, like I, I think Ross sounded better. I think things got over. I think that's the one thing that Cole brought to the show on Monday. He got things over. He got the, he made things matter. And I think that's what KP needs to learn how to do is to make these moments matter because it can't be Corey all the time because Corey was up there having three jobs every Monday. And I know that shit was tiring for him. So it has to be good to to not only be back with Michael Cole every week. I'm pretty sure he's super excited about that. But for KP to learn, you know, from the learning tree. And I'm just praying that Corey lays off like like don't do the Byron shit to K- to KP on that three man booth, yo. Just keep it to a minimum. I, I I think the 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 one thing about Corey that I hate is is how brutal he gets and he just harps on people for so long and makes fun of them. I just I don't like that. That's that's not that's not yeah. fun to listen to. Yeah, Cole actually didn't come back to SmackDown until 2019. Crazy enough. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. Of course, you can continue to support the A-Show and all of its endeavors. Patreon.com backslash the A-Show RNC. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram and check out our adventures in Detroit. Shout out to that. Donnie, Donnie, um, Donnie Fails went to Detroit along with everybody else, and he made sure to took some, uh, made a little vlog about his experience in Detroit. So make sure you guys check that out on our Instagram. Um, Armand, of course, is always a pleasure. Um, great having you on the show. Always a good time to come on the A-Show. I also want to shout out some of the black wrestlers that I was able to connect with. Omas, while he's huge, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He was super cool. Trick Williams, super cool. Lash Legend, super cool. Um, Sheamus was nice. Like I, Damian Priest was lit. I, I don't know if I should be saying this. Damian Priest was mad lit. <laughs> um, but um, a really, really great weekend. And um, yeah, I'm glad that I could come in and kind of share some of that with you. I, I got more stories. We could, I don't know, however you're going to share them. But yeah, it was a, it was a great time. And I thank y'all for letting me come in and tell that. I love it. Thank you guys for tuning in. And again, we'll be back next week with more of the A Show. Take care. <laughs>